pretty funny that I decided to do this topic of weight loss today because when I opened up my email before I recorded this, the first email that I had was this 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 tagline of lose 30 pounds in three weeks, 100% guaranteed. And you will see that message everywhere. And this is a very dangerous message because... If you follow a fad diet, like a fad diet would be like plant-based, carnivore, paleo, keto, although some of those, you know, like I would say the keto diet definitely gets a bad rap, but it's it's possible to do, and it's possible to do plant-based, things like that. But when you want to make your change when it comes to nutrition, you really have to be honest with yourself and are you able to maintain that specific lifestyle change for the next 10 years and you know realistically for the rest of your life because there are, are a lot of bad things that can happen if you do something like this email I got today where you lose 30 pounds in three weeks a lot of dangers can happen so let's kind of get started and talk about that so can you do almost any diet and lose weight yes that's the that's the first thing so you absolutely can but you need to re- think about your weight loss as a marathon versus a sprint a lot of people they want to lose weight so they try and think of how can i do this the fastest way possible and again that kind of comes back to that email that i got of like people wondering well how can i lose some weight well if i can get that 30 pounds down in three weeks 100 percent guaranteed i should absolutely do that and the reality is that people are going to click on that and unfortunately reap some unfortunate benefits of doing a sprint-like weight loss. So here's what happens. Let's say, you know, let's go through a hypothetical. Let's say we have this uh, this, this person, he weighs two, 200 pounds. So, you know, growing up, always active, maybe played a little bit of sports, you know, was never really overweight per se, but was about 200 pounds. And then Maybe they go to college, you know, they turn, they're in their 20s now, 20, whatever. And, you know, most people tend to gain weight in college for a multiple reasons. I mean, A, uh, you're cooking your own food now, which actually means that uh, you're probably eating a lot more fast food, you know, partying, staying up late, lots of things that can attribute to gaining weight, right? The freshman 15 or whatever it's called. So let's say this person goes from 200 pounds to 220 pounds over their college years. What is essentially happening is that they're not gaining Well, the way that they're gaining weight is that the fat cells that they have are essentially increasing in size, right? So they have 100 fat cells, let's say. I'm just making that number up, but they have 100 fat cells. Those fat cells are increasing in size because what they're trying to do is they're trying to increase the surface the surface area of your body's ability to store energy, which is food. So you're not exputing a lot of energy, but you're inputting a lot of energy via food. Uh, so your body needs to create a larger surface area to maintain um, those storage and continue to accumulate more storage because you're giving your body more than it really needs. So let's say 
you know, this guy's now 220 pounds. So he's gained 20 pounds over his college. Uh, and losing 20 pounds isn't an incredibly tall order. It can definitely be done in a realist, like in a six month time frame, pretty well. But let's say this person does one of those crash diets, fad diets, or whatever, and they try and lose weight you know, really fast. They try and drop that 20 pounds really fast. And again, that's that's very possible that they can lose 20 pounds in like, you know, less than 20 weeks. So let's say he does that. So boom, you know, I, he loses 20 pounds, 20 weeks go by, maybe less, 20 pounds is gone. Um, and so he then goes back to his old lifestyle habits. So maybe to lose those 20 pounds, he went plant-based. You know, one of his friends was like, hey man, I mean, I mean a lot of plants now. You should jump on this plant thing with me and just, you know, you'll start losing weight. You'll start feeling better. So he does that, you know, that that's all good. But then once the 20 pounds is gone, he starts to think to himself, well, am I going to eat plants the rest of my life? Probably not. You know, a good burger is pretty sweet. Maybe I could crush a steak now that I've lost my 20 pounds. And then slowly but surely, you know, these patterns, these old eating behaviors that got him to gain 20 pounds are now reestablishing back into his current habits which then allow which then he will start to regain weight that he has lost 95 percent of people who lose weight gain it all back which means that there is a five percent success rate of people who actually lose weight and then maintain their weight loss results. And this is because most people do these crash diets and they're building habits. They're not thinking about the long-term or building habits to make sure that it's sustainable. So let's get back to our hypothetical guy. So he has lost 20 pounds. He did plant-based. Now he's going back. He's eating steaks again. He's crushing you know, burgers and whatever. So the first time he gained 20 pounds over college, those fat cells were increasing in size. The second time he gains weight. So let's say he he drops down back, you know, he gets to his 200 and then he climbs back up to 220 again after his plant-based diet. The second time this happens, the second time he gains 20 pounds, the fat cells, they're not just increasing in surface area. They're actually beginning to duplicate so now instead of him having a hundred fat cells he might hypothetically have 200 fat cells which means that losing the 20 pounds the second time is only going to be harder because now there's double the amount of fat cells which means the body is going to hang on to those fat cells because they don't want them to go through some sort of like starvation mode again and this is what our body does and it's it's a part of our body's self-defense system to make sure that we don't die um and although losing 20 pounds isn't going to kill you the self-defense system definitely kicks into place because it's thinking like okay i lost 20 pounds you know that was tough you know i really had to you know really had to cut some things out but i don't want to have to go through that again and i definitely don't want to get less than 200 pounds so let's just duplicate all these fat cells they duplicate and these duplicated fats will start to increase in their surface area which again is making it harder and harder and harder for them to lose weight so every time you even if it's 10 pounds you know you lose 10 pounds uh and then you gain 10 pounds you lose 10 pounds you gain 10 pounds you lose 10 pounds like you keep going through that cycle um these fat cells really start to duplicate and which makes you know there's no positive health benefits to having all of these extra fat cells so you want to make sure that if you're going to start on a weight loss journey essentially 
you need to make sure that you are going to pick habits, pick things that are going to allow yourself to essentially reverse out of your diet, if you want to call it a diet, properly, which means that you're going to have to make sure that you pick lifestyle changes that make sense for what your day-to-day looks like and you know, for what the things that you want to do, like if you really value friendship and you really value, you know, going out and having, you know, going out with friends, you want to still pick nutrition changes that allow you to do that so that once you lose the 20 pounds or whatever much weight, you know, you want to lose, you don't reverse back and go through this insane self-defense system where the body really starts to fight back and makes it harder and harder and harder and harder and harder for you to lose weight and then maintain uh, your weight loss as well. So again, I mean, that's, that's some of the, some of the, some of the scary facts in it when it comes to these fad diets is again, yes, they, they definitely can work. They absolutely can work but if you want to go plant-based, you need you basically need to do that for the rest of your life. Like, let's be honest. Or if it's not for the rest of your life, it's for a very long time, and then you're slowly reintroducing other things um, just to make sure that you don't go through this crazy cycle that a lot of people do because, I mean, a 5% success rate is super low, right? Very, very, very low, and it comes down to, you know, people maybe not being super honest with themselves and, you know, if they are actually in a fat loss phase or not um, and how important it is for them to get to, you know, their desirable weight and some of the reasons they really want to get to there. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people aren't quite aren't really honest with themselves and the reasons that they want to lose weight. So they, they tend to pick these sprint you know, I got a vacation coming up, so I'm going to sprint to the vacation, you know, finish line going keto for, for two months. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, they go on vacation and then they rapidly regain the weight. And again, and I, forgot, I kind of forgot to mention that most of the people who lose weight and then regain the weight, they regain more, right? So our hypothetical person probably didn't go from, you know, his 200 pounds back to his 220. He probably goes back up to 225, 230, because again, the body is duplicating these fat cells now instead of just increasing the size. So, you know, it can be a very dangerous, very slippery slope. So you want to make sure that, again, you're picking habits that make sense for what you're going to or what your lifestyle really adheres to. And so uh, that's some of the stuff I'm going to cover today for sure. But first, I, w- I want to, you know, cover two two things that I think are absolutely crucial when it comes to weight loss. I'd say these are the, f- the foundation, um, you know, for, for any sort of weight loss plans is number one is sustainability and adherence. And I kind of just covered that where you have to pick something that you know is going to be sustainable for a super long time and something that you're actually going to adhere to, right? I mean, as, as a personal trainer, I get asked all the time, what's the best diet? What's the best exercise program? The, the, the answer is, is that it's the one that you're going to be able to do for the rest of your life. And that's the, the, the least sexy answer in the world, but it's, uh, it's the reality. You know, you have to be, you have to pick things that make sense for what you want to do and what fits into your lifestyle. The second part of the, my found of a foundation of weight loss is uh, an energy is energy balance, understanding what energy balance is and really understanding what metabolism is so that you can create a calorie deficit. That's absolutely crucial. So we have a couple different things that, cr- that make up our, our uh, energy balance. First one is just basal metabolic rate. So BMR for short, basal metabolic rate. This is about 60% of your total metabolism, your total energy expenditure every single day. Um, and this is just like your day-to-day functions, you know, of your body just naturally doing things to make sure that you stay alive so that you, your body ne- always needs calories to just 
literally lay in bed and do nothing all day. It's still going to be, you know, burning calories, you could say, to, to make sure that, you know, proper body function is still going to happen. So then the, the next one we, that we have uh, is uh, called our non-exercise activity time, or which short form is NEAT, N-E-A-T. So this one is all of the, the little movements that you do throughout your day. You know, you know, if you're someone who works at a desk and you tap your, 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 your finger on the desk or, you know, you tap your foot on the ground or maybe... Maybe you walk to work 20 minutes there, 20 minutes back. You know, that's not really, I wouldn't really consider that exercise. I would consider that as a non-exercise activity time where you're contributing more movement somehow um, to play with the balance of creating a calorie deficit of less calories in, more calories out. So this contributes to the more calories out. I'm not saying that, you know, if you sit there and just tap your finger all day, you're just going to magically start losing weight. That's a very, 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 very small amount, but it is something that needs to be considered when it comes to understanding what a calorie deficit is. Uh, The next one is going to be your exercise activity, which is pretty self-explanatory. If you need to lose weight, I mean, exercise activity, just doing any form of exercise is absolutely crucial because you can add in a huge play of more calories out to create a negative, you know, to create that calorie deficit to make sure that you're losing weight. Exercise is a very easy way to do that. It doesn't even need to be some like really insane amount of exercise. I mean, if you train insane, obviously you're going to be burning more calories, which makes maybe makes the, the, the weight loss a little bit faster. But if that doesn't fit with your lifestyle, which again comes back to the point of adherence, you don't need to pick insane workouts. It could be simple, something as simple as training, you know, two to three times per week, you know, in like 30 to 60 minute bouts. And then you add in a lot of walking as well, which would be your, your, your neat, your non-exercise activity time. Like for example, you know, I, I when I lost uh, 50 pounds, I did uh, zero cardio. I did no cardiovascular work. Uh, in re- in reality, I was training. It was resistance training, anywhere between you know four to five times per week. And each training session was about thirty to anywhere anywhere from thirty to seventy five minutes long. It, it varied quite a bit. And the only really cardiovascular work I did was I went for two ten minute walks a day. That's it. I literally walked for twenty minutes a day on top of everything that I do at work, which is, you know, constantly moving around and, and, and whatever, but that's what would fit into my lifestyle. I didn't, I knew if I was to start doing cardio for 30 minutes a day, I wouldn't do it. I just, I, I had to be really honest with myself. It's like, are you actually going to do this? My the answer was not, not even, not at all. It's, it's not something I want to be a part of my lifestyle. I'm not going to adhere to it. And which means I'm not going to stick to it, which means it's going to be an absolute waste of my time. And if I tried to have done it, you know, I would have been maybe disappointed with myself that I wasn't able to stick to it, which then again creates that negative spiral of reversing all the way back into to the old habits, which is why it's so important to pick things that you, that you know that you're going to be able to succeed in. I knew I could go for two 10-minute walks a day. That was super easy for me. I actually started at one. I just started doing one 10 minute walk every single day. And then I built up into two and then it just became something that I, I did all the time. And that's where I kind of play with my, ec- my exercise activity and my neat. The last one that makes up our, our energy balance is TEF, which is the thermic effect of food. So when we eat food, uh, it, ha- it creates a thermic effect on our, uh, because our digestive system needs to work hard to break this food down, which does definitely burn calories because it's just, a a natural process that our body does anything our body does that's a natural process is going to have some sort of calorie burn um there's no magic food out there that 
you know, is super thermic, you know, there's no magic bullet food. That's just like, you, it's, you eat this and it's going to be burning calories like crazy. But the two things that are the most thermic on the body is protein and fiber. So if you eat a high protein and a high fiber diet, you, you're definitely going to help, you know, be on the side of burning more calories out versus taking in, which again, you know, it might only equate to an extra 50 to 100 calories burned per day. But, you know, if it burns, if, if eating a higher protein, higher fiber diets burns an extra 100 calories a day, you know, over 30 days, that's an extra, you know, 30 or, oh my God, I'm so stupid. I am so bad at math. I, on the spot sometimes, it drives me crazy. So that's an extra 3,000. I can't believe I can think of that. I'm so stupid. 3,000 calories per month just by eating a high-protein, high-fiber diet. One pound of fat is 3,500 calories. So, you know, it is definitely going to help you push that needle of weight loss, but it's definitely not going to be magic. You can't just start eating high-protein and high-fiber and just expect weight to start falling off of you. But it is something that you can take into account. Uh, when you're when you're thinking about how to create a, a really good calorie deficit and others understanding your energy balance right so obviously there's the you know there's the calorie deficit but there's also a calorie surplus where you know if you're eating low protein low fibrous foods you're not exercising you know you're you're eating a lot of food then you're going to create what's called a calorie surplus where you know the when this kind of comes back to that first little little bit that we went over was you're just going to start to gain weight because the body is taking in more calories than it needs to because it's not really expending very much so you definitely want to take into account so your exercise time your non-exercise time you know, favoring a high protein, high fiber diet to get more of thermic effect. And then BMR, you know, is something that you can change slightly by having an increased lean muscle tissue. Um, and if you're exercising, you're eating a high protein diet, you're going to be playing in that favor where your, ba your, your basal metabolic rate is going to go up, which means you're just going to be burning more calories all the time. But again, this isn't going to happen in three months. This is something that's going to happen over the course of a year. That's actually going to, where you're actually going to start to notice some of these big, big, big changes in your body composition. So, so again, you know, some of the crucial things you want to take into account is you want to pick things that are sustainable, you know, things that you can really adhere to. And then obviously energy balance is going to be huge, creating that calorie deficit. So uh, I'm going to walk you guys through a couple different habits um, that I think are really helpful. Ah, sorry, I had to take a sip of coffee there. Nice Americano. Ooh, I love me Americano. I miss being able to go to coffee shops, that's for sure. I, I miss that quite a bit, but I got a, my own mini coffee shop at home, which is pretty dope. But yeah, anyways, uh, habit number, we're going to go through a couple habits that I think are really important that kind of, that, that go with sustainability, adherence, and energy balance that can help you lose weight um, and help you maintain weight. Because again, I don't want this to be about weight loss. I want this to be about how do you lose weight, but then how do you maintain your weight loss on top of that? So First one for habit number one is you just this is this is a super simple one to do because you don't even need to change the content on your plate. It's just start eating slow, slow down when you eat. I love people watching 
one of my favorite places to people watch is going to the mall and then looking at the food court. If I mean, it, it reminds me of that scene uh, on uh, on on uh, on Tiger King where they throw the meat in, and there's just hundreds of tigers just ravagely feeding and trying to get the food as much as possible. I mean, the the the, the mall food court is basically a ginormous feeding trough for people and people are murdering their food they are eating it as fast as possible they're like it's it's like they've never had food before and it's the last time they're ever going to get food they just are inhaling their food which is very dangerous Uh, because again when you're trying to lose weight you're trying to create a, a calorie deficit and when you eat it takes about 20 minutes for your stomach to communicate to your brain that says, hey, you are full. Trust me, I've tested this. You can eat an insane amount of food in 20 minutes. If you don't really pay attention and you are just shoveling food into your mouth, it is absolutely crazy how many calories you can put put into your mouth before your body says, hey, I can't fit a single more sushi roll in. Can you please stop? I'm going to explode. And this is a really easy way to accidentally put yourself into a calorie surplus every single day if you're not slowly eating and being aware of what you're eating and learning when you're actually full. Because again, it takes up to 20 minutes for you to feel full. So if you eat a full meal in five minutes, you're not going to feel full, which means that you're gonna get a second plate, maybe a third plate of whatever is you made. And then all of a sudden, after that third plate, you're like, oh my God, my gut's going to explode. Well, guess what? It's probably been 20 minutes now. And so those, those satiety signals are finally kicking in, telling you to stop eating because you've just threw down 3,000 calories. And again, you're trying to create that calorie deficit. 3,000 calories for most people is going to put you at maintenance or into a surplus for sure. So you got to learn how to feel when you're actually hungry and when to stop eating. And so I typically recommend that you should take anywhere from like 10 to 20 minutes to eat an entire meal. Like if 20 minutes sounds insane, maybe it doesn't fit in with your lifestyle because you're you're constantly on the go for work. Maybe start with 10 minutes, maybe time yourself and, and realize, holy shit, I ate that in three minutes. Let's aim for five minutes every single meal. You know, it can be small incremental change. And do your best to try and not and eat in front of a screen, like a computer, a TV, your phone, iPad, like whatever it is. This this distracted eating, it it turns off those 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 uh, hunger feelings, those hunger signals, and so you don't really learn when you're full or not because you're you're focused on a task. Maybe you're eating lunch while you're working. Maybe you're eating supper and you're watching Tiger King. You're not paying attention to how you feel when you eat so you're not gonna know if you're full or not which again if you don't know that you're accidentally gonna eat more calories every day even if you're trying to eat you know healthy foods even if you're trying to eat healthy foods but you're not learning to when you're full you can easily accidentally easily accidentally overeat too many calories in a day so 
So I recommend you take 10 to 20 minutes to eat a single meal and eat until you feel about 80% full. So, and again, that's going to be hard at first, but really try and like tune in and listen to your body and think, Hey, am I about 80% full and then stop eating and wait five or so minutes. And I almost guarantee you that in those five minutes, you're going to feel a hundred percent full because you've allowed that time of communication from your stomach to your brain to be like, yeah, that was enough food. I don't, you know, I don't need to eat anything more. I'm satisfied. That's enough calories to keep us going right now. Whereas if you ate till you were a hundred percent full and then you waited 10 minutes, you might feel 120% full. You make it that feeling of like, Oh, like that. That was a lot of food. I did definitely didn't need that much food. It's because you ate till you were 100% full. And then you know, those 10 minutes of satiety signals kicked in. So you want to eat till you're about 80% full to make sure that you're just learning these hunger signals. You can easily start to lose weight by tuning into these hunger signals and just allowing that to be an, a, you know, an, a tool of, of using portion sizes right this just allows you to create solid portions because if you if you made a, a whole plate of food and then you ate till you were 80 percent full and the food wasn't gone but then you waited and then you were 100 percent full you don't need to finish the food on the plate right you're 100 full you don't need to finish that now but maybe you wait that five minutes and you're still hungry then yeah go ahead and finish it and that means that your body your body probably is going to be you know needing those calories to keep producing work for the rest of the day i mean i i I personally enjoy use this strategy as a ton. I try and use the strategy as much as possible, especially when I'm not in an environment <clears throat> where I can't be really precise with what I'm eating, like going out, going on vacations, going out to dinner with friends. You know, these are the times where like you can't follow a meal plan, you can't really track your macronutrients, so you just need to like really tune into those hunger signals to make sure that you know when you go out to dinner with friends, you don't just like crush that burger and you know 30 seconds flat and then are looking for dessert or whatever which is going to be again too 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 many calories not allowing you to be in a calorie deficit so you know that's habit number one is just start to eat slow and do your best to not eat distracted because those things are going to turn off those hunger signals and then you're just going to be accidentally eating too many calories every single day which is going to put you in a cycle of like almost never feeling like you're never able to lose weight uh, because you just aren't aren't able to understand how your body's actually feeling and when your body actually needs nutrients or not so that's for that's the first habit i need some more coffee one sec okay habit number two you know, I would suggest that you do, if, if you're seriously in a weight loss phase, you know, you really want to lose some weight, I seriously recommend that you track your food. You tr- you spending, you know, you spending some time tracking your food using an app such as like MyFitnessPal, you know. I'm a huge proponent of macronutrient tracking uh, because I, th- I find that it allows for a, a great flexibility, which again, if, if you like to eat peanut butter, but then you do a meal plan that says you can't eat peanut butter ever again, are you going to stick to that meal plan? You know, from, from what we know from behavioral change, probably not. You know, it's going to be really hard for you to do that. So if, if you can fit in a little bit of peanut butter every single day just to keep you sane while you're in a, while you're in a weight loss phase, you know, I think macro tracking can be very a very useful tool, but I definitely don't think it's the end-all, be-all of nutrition. You shouldn't follow your macros for the rest of your life you'll drive yourself crazy uh and you you, you'll you'll drive everyone around you crazy because you will you'll you won't be able to like you know go hang out with friends as much and stuff like that because you're you're like oh this doesn't fit my macros or whatever 
Um, and that's where like the intuitive eating comes into play with like learning your hunger signals. But anyways, track. I think I do. I do believe you should start tracking your food though, if you're seriously wanting to lose weight, because tracking your food gives you precision, so you know that you are in a calorie deficit, and it's it's accurate, and you can actually use this as an opportunity to learn what is in food from a macronutrient to calorie breakdown. So there was a study that was done that took a group of obese people that were classified as obese over a 14 day period. They, 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 they would just, they, they ate normally, whatever. Um, and they would estimate how many calories they were eating every day. So they would eat their food. At the end of the day, they say, I ate 2000 calories, right? And then they would estimate on the week, how many calories I eat this week? Uh, 10,000, like whatever. They were just guessing. As a collective, the group of people, this group of people, they were off by 50% of the total calories they ate. That means they were estimating, yeah, I probably ate 2,000 calories today, but in reality, they were eating 4,000 calories. That is, an, that is absolutely massive. That is such a huge difference and will absolutely destroy your weight loss if you're going off of estimations, Again, if you do, if you don't know when you're if you don't know those hunger signals, and you're not tracking anything, you're estimating, and you're going to be off by a lot. And I mean, one of the main reasons that these estimations were so far off is probably number one, some people were probably just not super honest. You know, they you know they probably weren't super honest with like what they were eating, and they were there's also a huge lack of understanding. You know, these people aren't bad people. There's just a huge gap in knowledge of which foods are calorie dense and not right. Like most people. You know, I go to people's houses, friends' houses, whatever, um, and they have these like little bowls of candy just sitting on their desks or whatever, and that's that's fine, like whatever. But if you just like pass by that, you know, grab a little handful, you know, when you're passing through the kitchen, dinner, you're cooking your food, grab a little handful there. Maybe there's like a little bowl of peanuts, eat some peanuts, like that can easily, easily build up to 500 calories on the day or more. But then you like, well, I ate, I ate chicken and salad for, for, you know, or for, for, for lunch. I had a steak and, you know, peppers, uh, but I'm not losing weight. Well, it's probably because you're just constantly snacking on these little things throughout the day and you're not evaluating those as a part of your calories. Where if you had to track every single time you put something into your mouth, you're going to really start to understand like, holy shit, I'm putting a lot of calories in that I don't really need, which isn't allowing me to be in a a calorie deficit. Even just little things like, you know, coffee and sugar, you know, when you have a coffee, you put sugar and cream. If you put a lot of sugar and cream in there, it's like, I think a large double double at Tim Hortons is 250 calories, right? So if you, if you're, you know, if your baseline calories are, are, are 2000, so you're eating 1,800 a day, which is a calorie deficit, but you don't count that 250 calorie coffee, boom, you're at 2,050 calories, which means you're at maintenance, which means you're not going to lose weight. And you would be driving yourself crazy, not why, not wondering why this isn't working. So you, you know, I, I really, really strongly believe in just taking some time. You know, if you're if you're trying to lose weight and you're dedicating the next six months to so a weight loss program, track for the next six months, and you'll be absolutely surprised at how much more accurate you're going to be with the, the food choices that you make, and you're going to really start to learn what is in food, so that when you're done your weight loss, you don't have to keep tracking for the rest of your life. You can 
understand like, well, about this much chicken has this much protein and you can start to really portion things out just using your eyes, which is very hard to do right away if you've never done any form of tracking before. So definitely, definitely, definitely start tracking your calories, uh, your, your macronutrients more specifically. Um, and this will make weight loss very, very precise for you. You just want to make sure that you don't, you know, just tracking calories can be quite dangerous because again, you want to have that thermic effect of food, which comes back to our energy balance. So you definitely want to favor a high protein diet and then, you know, carbohydrates and fats don't really matter. You, they can, the, there's been so many studies that have done. Most studies show that a lo, a higher carbohydrate and a lower fat diet is better for weight loss but the, the difference is so small, it doesn't matter, right? If you prefer eating a lot more fat than carbs, uh, that's fine and vice versa. But making sure that you have a high protein all the time is super, super important for sure. Like uh, an easy way to, to, to get to your protein would be, you know, for a weight loss goal, you just take your, your body weight in pounds and times it by 0.8 or one or up to 1.2. And that's about how many grams of protein you should be eating per day. Because uh, you don't want to just track calories, because you can eat two thousand calories in just fat, and uh, that's just going to make weight loss mm, a lot longer for you, unsustainable, not consistent, and it's going to you know cause you to kind of reverse all the way back. Where if you constantly eat, eating a lot of protein, you get that thermic effect, and also when you lose weight you're not just losing body fat, like you're losing some lean tissue, that's absolutely gonna happen. But I mean, any study that's ever been done that favors a high protein diet, most people um, will, all people who are on a high protein diet will lose more fat than lean muscle. And some people will gain muscle in a calorie deficit because they're now favoring a higher protein intake than they used to. Um, because it's kind of funny, like we, we're, we're, most people are so concerned about carbohydrates and, and fats, but we're all like, yeah, protein's good for us, but very few people are actually eating the optimal protein intake. Uh, so that's, that's, that's number one, to really start to, you know, track as much protein as you can, you know, that's 0.8 to 1.2, and then, you know, track your calories as well, favoring carbohydrates or fats, whatever. Or if you want to go 50-50 split on those two, that's cool as well. But those, those, are, the, those are definitely the first two habits, you know. Take some time, be slow with what you eat, you know, do it not distracted so that you can really learn those hunger signals and then have a number two, spend some time, you know, dedicating, tracking, weighing your food. Um, so you really start to use that as an educational tool of like what's in food so that you can be really precise with what you're doing as well. Okay, I need some more coffee. Oh, that's good. That's good stuff. That is the nectar of God. Mm, I love coffee. Anyways, habit number four. I mean three. There should be some form of self-monitoring, which comes back to the foundation of having sustainability and adherence. We haven't really talked about adherence yet, so other than making, you know, picking things that make sense with what you do, but adherence is also being able to stick to it for a long time. So there's there's four stages of adherence that you're gonna that you're gonna go through. The first stage that you're gonna go through is unconscious incompetence, which means you are fucking it up and you don't know why, 
but that's okay because that's a part of the learning process. So first, you're gonna just gonna be unconsciously messing it up. And again, that comes back to our first point. Maybe you're not eating slow. Maybe you're just slamming food into your mouth and you're not losing weight, but you're picking healthy foods. Well, you're unconsciously doing that because you're not really understanding how your body actually feels in terms of being full or not to create a calorie deficit. Once you come overcome that hump, you move into conscious comp, conscious incompetence. So now you're aware. You're aware of some of the mistakes that you're making and you're able to make better choices. So maybe you start to eat slower and so you become aware, whoa, like I'm actually really full here, but sometimes you're still you know, overeating by accident because it's a new habit and you're gonna make mistakes and that's absolutely okay. None of these stages are bad. It's all about a it's all a part of the learning process. So once you overcome that hump, you're you're into a conscious competence. So now you're consciously making appropriate choices at all times. You're tracking your food. You're eating a higher protein diet. You're eating a higher fiber diet. You know, you're 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 taking your time when you eat. You're doing not distracted. You're consciously making an effort, and you're very aware that you're doing things right uh, all the time. The final thing that you're going to get to is unconscious competence, which means that you're doing everything right, not having to really think about it. And that's kind of the end goal is you want to be able to, again, go through this, go through these hurdles of being unconsciously incompetent to consciously competent, trying to really, you know, to be go through like a learning opportunity until you can just kind of keep doing it because you don't just want to lose weight you want to lose weight and you want to maintain that weight loss or else you're going to go through that self-defense system spiral which can be very very dangerous on the body and so a really good way to overcome these humps is through some form of like self-monitoring and one of the forms of self-monitoring is definitely tracking your food i mean we already talked about that but there's, all, there's other ways as well of like tracking your progress to make sure that you're, you're, you're going in the right direction. So one of the things that I, I, I do when I go into a weight loss phase, you know, in any weight loss phase is weigh, weigh yourself every single day. You don't, you don't need to do this for the rest of your life. Again, if you're dedicating the next six months to some sort of weight loss goal, weigh yourself every single day. And you want to remind yourself that there's no such thing as a bad weight. It's just data that you're using to understand are you making the appropriate choices to help you lose weight so wake up in the morning first thing you do you go to the bathroom you stand on your scale wearing no clothes write that down record that number do that every single day of the week so that's seven days in the week that you've weighed yourself in the morning take that add them all up divide by seven to get an average you want to get an, an average weekly weight because daily weight can fluctuate like crazy like i mean one day i weighed 165 the next day i weighed 160 i like it made it, it sometimes it makes no sense but that's because your body's hanging on to water you know there's a lot you know high, higher levels of stress means you're just going to hang on to things you know things like that are going to really change in your day-to-day -day. but if you see your weekly average start to go down you know that whatever you're doing you're making the appropriate choices right so let's say you do that for seven days your weekly your average is 160 then you do that for the next seven days and the weekly average is 158 okay so you know 
those choices that you made over those two weeks got you from 160 to 158, which is making you more consciously incompetent, but also more consciously competent of understanding that, okay, some of the things that I'm doing are actually working to help with my weight loss. So that's a really, and you just keep doing that. And then once it halts, so maybe you do that for week three and week four, you keep doing those same patterns, but then the average weigh in is 158, 158, 158 for four weeks or for two more weeks. Then you need to know, okay, I need to make a change. I need to play with my energy balance, right? I need to keep pushing the needle for my calorie deficit, um, which means maybe I need to exercise for one more hour. Maybe that is going to be enough just to keep pushing me in that needle. Maybe I need to decrease, you know, my carbohydrate intake by a couple grams. You know, whatever that that is, whatever that small play is, you start to do, do that so that you become more consciously competent and really start to think about some of the changes that you can make. Because if you, if you're not involved in the process, you're going to fall off track. And one of the best ways to stay involved in the process is to make sure that you're doing some form of self-monitoring, again, tracking your calories and also tracking your weight. From there, you can also, I mean, a really great way is to is take progress pictures. You can take a, you can take a picture once a week, once every two weeks, maybe once a month, like whatever it is, because when you see yourself every single day, you're not going to notice the changes. But if you take progress pictures every week, and then you see over four weeks that things are starting to tighten up, like you're going to get, you're going to be more motivated to keep going. And I don't like using the word motivated because it's all about creating habits and discipline and sustainability, but that motivation definitely keeps you going in the right direction where if you're only basing it off of your weight and your weight isn't moving, you might lose motivation because you're like, ah, oh, you know, the scale isn't moving, but maybe you still weigh 158 pounds, but the, the, the progress pictures, you know, you can start to see, you know, the, the shoulders are starting to get more cut. Maybe this, you know, the waistline starting to look a little bit more trim. You're like, Oh my God, no, you know, I'm getting some, some decreased inflammation. So I'm still seeing progress. Let's keep it going. So uh, taking progress pictures is a very, very, very uh, helpful thing as well. And if you don't want to track your calories, um, if that's just, you know, Right, right now, I mean, with I mean the with everything that's going on, I would assume that most people, if you're if you're okay through these times, you, you're going to have some more time to to weigh your food and track your food. Um, but if you still don't want to do that because it doesn't fit into your lifestyle, that's totally fine. Because again, sustainability is huge. Just take a picture of everything that you eat and start to assess. You know, are, are these food choices uh, uh, allowing me to to achieve my my weight loss goal? Like. I remember when I t started taking pictures of my food, <clears throat> you know, I was really surprised at how much food I was actually eating when I didn't really think I was, you know, I was kind of like flip through it to be like chicken, you know, chicken and rice, steak, donuts, uh, and then, you know, a salad, chicken and rice again, and then donut, and then donut, and then donut, and then donut, and then donut. I was like, holy shit, I'm eating fucking eight donuts a week, like, no, no shit, I'm not losing weight, like, this is a, a ton of unnecessary calories, and so I just started cutting out the donuts, and I wasn't very aware that I was doing that, because I wasn't self-monitoring at all, um, so I was unconsciously incompetently eating donuts all the time, as like a, as like a pre-workout fuel, right, you know, you see powerlifters all the time, they just start crushing donuts and candy and shit, uh, but for me, that was putting me in a calorie surplus or maybe keeping me at maintenance. So I wasn't really achieving my weight loss goals.
Ah, another sip of coffee there. Sorry. And so those are, and then so, so yeah, self-monitoring, it's going to be huge. Again, you can track your food. You can take pictures of your food just to see as like, again, a day-to-day, week-to-week, what are you eating? Uh, you can take progress pictures as well. And all of these things are going to keep you on pace and allow you to become consciously competent of the decisions that you're making. One of the final habits, you know, that, that I'll touch on today um, is, uh, you, you know, this habit, our, our, mo- our mothers and our grandmothers have been trying to drill into us ever since we were children. You got to eat your vegetables. Eat your veggies, people. God damn it. <clears throat> they're so good for you. Vegetables, they're, they're low in calories and they're high in micronutri- micronutrients such as fiber. And again, fiber and protein have the highest thermic effect. So by eating more vegetables, you're really not going to be adding in too many more calories on your day, which is, and you're going to be expending more calories because of that thermic effect. Again, this isn't a magic bullet where if you start eating vegetables, you're going to lose weight. You have to do all of these things in combined, uh, but it'll definitely help push that needle again towards that calorie deficit. Also, I mean, as you go through, you know, weight loss, like for me, like when I, when I went, when I lost 50 pounds, you know, I had to get to a pretty extreme calorie deficit near the end of it all. Uh, and so I was, you know, feeling more hungry throughout all the time, maybe getting some more cravings and vegetables uh, are really, they fill up the gut so that you don't, uh, that you don't, you, 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 you you don't uh, get those, you, you feel more full is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and also they're going to improve digestion, decrease inflammation, and they're just going to allow you to keep, you know, adhering to what you want to do. Uh, and you, and you want to make these choices like with things that fit into your, your sustainability. Like I, I don't really like meal prepping my vegetables is cause I just, it's boring to me. It's boring as hell. And it takes forever to cut up all those, those vegetables. So I buy those those pre pre shredded packages of you know broccoli slaw and, and kale slaw, and I just dump that on my food. And I mean, it's packed full of fiber. It's ready to use. You can put it in a pan, saute it up. You know, it's 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 easy to eat. You can chuck that shit in your smoothies if you want. Boom, there's some fiber. There's some good vegetables. And I mean, you're ma- you're making healthier choices and. The more healthier choices you make, the more healthier choices you're going to make for the rest of the day. So if you wake up and you crush leftover pizza, you're not going to eat well the rest of the day. Just like it's 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 what uh, a, a lot of nutrition co- coaches called fuck it mode. You make one wrong move and then you're just like, well, I ate that one thing that wasn't a part of my diet. So here we go. I'm just going to destroy the rest of the day because it's already ruined. And then you end up, instead of only being 250 calories over your day, all of a sudden you're like 2,000 calories over your day and you got a lot of ground to make up. So the pick, eating vegetables literally just makes you feel healthier. If you eat things that make you feel healthier, you're going to continue to make healthier decisions. And in, in order to lose weight, you have to be consistent. You have to be patient. You have to be persistent and it, cause it, and it has to be sustainable. So you have to pick things that make you just feel healthier. I don't, I know very few people who eat vegetables like, Ooh, I feel so, so gross after I eat those vegetables. They're just so, you know, maybe they don't taste amazing. Maybe not the best tasting thing. I think they taste okay. Some people don't like the taste, but you definitely feel healthier. And that's really important in, in terms of being 
you're more consciously competent of the decisions that you're making when it comes to even, again, coming back to self-monitoring. So those are four little quick habits that you can do. Do a quick recap here. I mean, habit number one, just eat slow. Don't be distracted when you eat. Habit number two, track your food. Learn what macronutrients and calories come from the food that you're eating. Habit number three, do some form of self-monitoring of your progress and what you're what you're eating and how and, and everything. And then habit, habit number four, start eating a higher vegetable diet, higher higher fibers, higher proteins. Okay. <clears throat> Those were most of the main things I wanted to to cover for today. I hope that was pretty helpful. This is my first uh, first solo run on the podcast, and I've been just slamming coffee and talking really fast. So I hope that's okay with you guys. So I had a couple questions as well come up on Instagram that I thought I'd answer as well uh, when it comes to weight loss. One of the first questions was intermittent fasting. Uh, what's the optimal way to intermittent fast? So when it comes to intermittent fasting, um, again, you inter- intermittent fasting is a tool that you can use with your weight loss it's not a magic bullet right if you intermittent fast this doesn't mean that you're going to lose weight but it can help you on your journey to lose weight and so intermittent fasting is a period of not eating with a period of eating the most common split is an eight hour window to eat your food and then 16 hours of fasting. Most of those hours are sleeping. And the latter half of those hours are usually in the morning or in the evening, depending on when people want to stop eating their food or start eating their food. Because, and so here's why it's not like a magic bullet. And it gets a lot, I think a lot of people think that if they start fasting, they just, they're gonna, it's gonna help with their digestive system. So they're gonna lose weight. But again, calorie energy balance is the is the most important thing so if you if you eat 2000 calories a day and then you start intermittent fasting but you're still eating 2000 calories a day you're not going to lose weight you, you you need to create a calorie deficit but that's why intermittent fasting can be a great tool right so like let's go through a hypo- hypothetical person they go to work they come home you know, they turn on Tiger King and they crush, you know, some Doritos and a Coca-Cola. And then they decide to start intermittent fasting and saying, you know, I'm not going to eat after 7 p.m., which means that they stop eating, you know, Doritos and Coca-Cola. That will help them create a calorie deficit. That will help if that helps you make better choices. If that helps you create that calorie deficit, intermittent fasting can be an awesome tool to add into uh, your lifestyle. And so when it comes to the optimal setup, um, I would say whatever works with, it's such a stupid answer, but it's honestly, it's the truth. Whatever works best with your lifestyle. If you don't like eating breakfast, uh, start, have your first meal at 12, or if you love a nice big breakfast, start eating in the morning and then fast in the evening. But I would say, you know, that, you know, that eight hour feeding period and the 16 hours of fasting is probably the best. <clears throat> Because if you make the windows too short, if you make your, your another common one is 20 and four, so four hours of eating and 20 hours of fasting. If you make those windows too short, you're, you're, you're not going to allow for enough time uh, for muscle protein synthesis to happen, uh, which is going to be really, really important to maintain your lean muscle mass as you lose weight. So I would pick probably the eight and 16 split personally, because that was fits best with me. And I would assume excuse me, that, that's going to, what's going to fit with most people. 
uh, as well. But again, it's not a magic bullet, but it can definitely help you create a calorie deficit if you eat a lot of carbohydrates at night, at night and you start fasting at night and you don't eat those carbs anymore, then beautiful. Uh, then it's an awesome tool. So I hope that answers your question. Uh, second question that came in uh, was uh, a question about spot reduction. So losing weight specifically in different areas of the body, like the arms and the stomach. So uh, this one is a bit of a myth, but also not a myth at the same time. It's this weird gray area where you you, you, you can't really spot reduce. When you lose weight, uh, you're just going to lose weight across the body, you know. Uh, and again, if... If you have, I think most people know like what their what their trouble areas are. Like some people are like, oh, I always carry weight in my legs, or I always carry weight in my muffin top, like whatever it is. If you know those trouble areas and you are seriously in a weight loss phase, measure those areas on a weekly basis, just like you would take a progress picture, right? If it's the arms and the stomach, then take circumference measurements of the arms and the stomach. And you'll start to see that if you're consistently in a calorie deficit and you're adhering to the plan, uh, those areas are going to start to uh, dissipate as well, like for sure. Uh, But there's also some hormone things that can happen as well, like typically cortisol, which is like higher stress attributes to gaining more weight in the in the stomach region, uh, and then testosterone imbalances can also lead to uh, excess fat tissue in the pecs and the triceps. Um, but that's getting pretty like detailed with it, and I wouldn't say is necessary to understand uh, unless it was like a really re- reoccurring issue. Like if you went into like a, a, a like a deep, 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 consistent calorie deficit, um, but nothing was going, but those areas weren't changing, then there might be something going on. You might need to go like to like a, a legit, you know, practitioner that knows about these different hormone imbalances. But so I would say, you know, if you're looking for spot reduction, take progress pictures and measure those areas of your, you know, the trouble areas that people call them. Uh, and I bet you those will start to start to dissipate. And it's just about patience, to be completely honest. And I think when we have trouble areas, we tend to focus on them a bit too much. And so then if we're if we look at them every single day, you don't see those changes day to day. But again, if you do a really good self monitoring, then you'll start to see those changes over like a monthly basis. And you'll start to realize that, you know, you're kind of just losing weight everywhere. And those trouble areas are also starting to to go down as well. Uh, and another question came in about, uh, doing this, doing the same kind of format in a, for, uh, for a bulking and hypertrophy, which I absolutely will do in the future. Um, so yeah. Okay. That was yeah, just shy of an hour. Or so I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap it up here. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in guys. Thanks for tuning in. If you've been listening to any of the recent episodes as well, I really appreciate it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to keep doing these. I'll probably keep doing some solo episodes here in the future. I'll probably, I'll definitely keep getting guests on as well. Cause I love talking to people uh, about these topics as well. And, uh, yeah, hope you guys have an awesome day and I hope you guys, you know, took some key takeaways from this one. So yeah. Well, anyways, peace out. <laughs>